0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather Slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, everyone. This is Giselle Toner, and welcome to Ignite Your Value. This is the show that is going to take you from broken to brilliant, from getting the love that you deserve to getting paid with your worth and everything in between. And today I have a really great guest that I'm excited to bring on, and his name is John Mahler. And John has an amazing story to tell. John has gone through a lot of trials and tribulations in life, but most importantly, he became a Buddhist monk, which he has a lot to tell us about. And now he's a spiritual teacher. He is a drug and uh, drug and alcohol counselor, and he is a meditation teacher, and he has a lot of amazing things to his credit. But I want to introduce John because I want John to tell us his story, which is really kind of fascinating. So John, welcome to the show. I'm really happy to be here.
1: Thank you, Giselle. It's nice to be here.
0: Good. So John, let's just really jump into the main thing right now that I really want to talk to you about. And I know that in order for you to go into becoming a Buddhist monk, there had to be something that really compelled you to do that so sure. yeah. what was it what happened
1: okay yeah I think it was a combination first of all thank you so much for letting me be here and just uh, I want to say hi to everyone who's watching and tuning in so yeah uh, when I was 25 years old I went into a Buddhist center and I moved in at a Buddhist retreat center in the middle of the woods in upstate New York and the the thing that made me want to do that was I was going through an extremely rough time before that like mentally I was working as a drug and alcohol counselor, and I just had a lot of stress in my life. And to be honest, I felt like life felt meaningless. And I, I, I did feel like there's got to be something more to life than this. But if you go back even further, I was there's a really tough breakup that I went through, and I had a lot of guilt. Uh, the girl really, like, she was my best friend for a few years, and then she, like, started hating me. <laughs> And like, I didn't know who I was. I had been looking at myself from her point of view and she really adored me for a while and saw the best in me. And so I saw the best in myself. And then I, I lost that. And not only that, she started to like despise me. Right. And um, so I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't even know who I was. I didn't have that exalted view of myself. I didn't know who I was. I was trying my best, but I was not happy uh, in fact at work one day my co-worker teased me a little bit and I like I basically like started crying and I had I had to like leave the room I had like a mini you know breakdown I suppose you'd call it but it was basically like this pressure had built up and a little tap made it crack and I I started to become aware that I'm not uh, in a good place I was trying to help my clients but I could only help those who were less happy than me right and some of them weren't Less happy than me. <laughs> there, wow, I one. That, person,
0: that's a that's a great way to look at that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like there was one person figure like, I think that this is something that happens to counselors a lot, and maybe it was just me. But like, you're not that happy. You know, you want to help, and if someone's doing well, you try to like pull them down so you can help them. Wow. And like, I noticed that my mind was like wanting to do that in that one case. Like, I should probably create a problem. So that I can solve it for him, wow. you know? and wow. it was it was not a uh, you know a good place, and then by uh, basically uh, what happened was to my credit, I didn't fill my life with meaningless crap at that point like I knew, my um, I wasn't doing that much I wasn't like I had drifted away from old friends who were not good for me I didn't have any real great direction, but i didn't just fill my free time. I was like lonely. I was bored. I was not doing that much, but I, I didn't fill my time with, with meaningless stuff with addictions. I just, I just kind of stayed in neutral and, and in a sense worked through the pain. Right. I kind of accepted it and worked through it. And then um, someone told me about a Buddhist temple nearby and I was like, Oh, that sounds great. And I had previously developed an interest in Buddhism that was kind of like on the side. Burner that I wasn't really doing much with. And so I went to the temple and it just like clicked and I just loved it and I basically never left once I yeah. went there. But the thing was, a lot of people go there and a lot of people don't stick to it in the way I did. So why did I take to it so strongly? I think it was because I had so much room in my life. I didn't fill my life with stuff that didn't matter to me. I, I wasn't doing that much that mattered at one point, but I wasn't doing a lot that didn't matter. And so when I found this amazing place, this amazing source of, of happiness and goodness and, you know, uh, this community, I had the space to just kind of hit the ground running. And that's why I was able to, to move in right away, to live there for five years, to become a monk, to join all the teaching programs, to do retreats. Like, I have did more retreats in those five years than most people will ever do in their whole life. Wow. You know? and
0: I have a question, um, though. Sure. And I want you to, you know, because I've always thought in my mind, and I always had this question, and I never really knew the answer. Um, as a Buddhist monk, are you allowed to have relationships with women, or are you forbidden, kind of like the Catholic priests, they're not allowed to have relationships?
1: That's a good question. So yes, as monks, I'm not a monk anymore, but monks and nuns in Buddhism are not allowed to have, uh, it's, it's a celibate path. that's the main um that's the uh principle is celibacy right there's obviously many pieces to being ordained it's not just celibacy but that's one piece and that includes yeah like if you have a relationship you can't have a relationship but because probably if you did you'd end up having sex (laughs) Right, right, (laughs) right right
0: and that's not that's forbidden okay i never knew the story with that i always knew that monks you know normally I don't you never see them with anybody so I kind of figured mm-hmm. that that was the that was the way it is how did you feel about that were I'm you totally that. okay with it with, yeah. with
1: it's a great question in the beginning I was totally okay with it. <laughs> 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 so I was 28 I was 28 when I became a monk that's kind of young right and yeah. I was kind of a late bloomer as well and so I was like really just coming into like the prime of, of my life. in some ways. So, um, yeah, I was 28. At first I was so like behind all the principles that I didn't, that didn't bother me. I was like, Oh yeah, no problem. I'm just going to make spiritual progress and I won't even have any attachment left within a couple of years and I'll be good. I'll be good. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was going to happen. And for the first year of being ordained, I was pretty fine. I was like, my nose was in the, on the path, I was not really getting much distracted, but about a year in, I had a noticeable shift in, the, in my energy. And basically, I think what happened was I had been repressing attachment, I, like this desire, this sexual desire, so I'd been repressing it and I didn't know. And, and then I started to, it started to become very apparent after my first year of being ordained, where, like, basically, these women would come visit the temple and do a working visit, maybe, or it'd stay for like a week and then leave, or they'd come from all different countries to volunteer, or even just come on retreat or something. And I would um, notice my mind was <laughs> very interested. In the- <laughs> um, oh
0: my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So you noticed about a year into it that, hey, you know what? I'm kind of missing something here, right? It
1: was, yeah, it was very strong. It was very strong.
0: So and, what happened? What ha- yeah, what, what was the yeah. result? Because you stayed in another four years after that.
1: Yeah. So um, the result was that uh, for a while I was able to just kind of work through it. And I was repressing less, which was good. And But also I was uh, I was noticing it. And I had to work through it, so it made it it made it challenging. It made basically what happened was I I was presented with a choice each time, you know, a beautiful woman would come from some place where she's like a supermodel, then she just comes on a working visit. I'm just like, and we're like in the middle of the woods, just, you know, so like it's a little bit isolated. And uh, if it depending on my mind and how my practice was going, if my practice was going great, I was I was fine, but. If I if it wasn't, I was like, I need happiness somewhere. It's not coming from a practice. Oh, there is there's some happiness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's actually really cute.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh my friend and I had a joke that there's a supermodel bus that would come and drop women off every week from the city or something and pick them back up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but anyway, um so what happened was yeah, anyway, keep going.
0: No, I was going to say, so what happens?
1: Um, at one point, I there I did meet someone who I was interested in. We had a very innocent thing where we held hands and we kissed.
0: While you were a monk?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. <laughs> Behind the scenes, I'm sure nobody was watching.
1: Anyone, no, I didn't tell anyone that. Okay. I mean, I told one or two people that, but yeah um it was it was quite innocent and we only saw each other maybe three four times She oh. lived uh, in new york city um but it it kind of put uh it gave me the choice put the choice in a really clear perspective like i could go and do this like she was open to it she was gorgeous i was like she was like a she was a legit model and actress wow you know, from colombia wow. mexico like and i was like oh this is uh Just what I always wanted, right? And so uh, I had the choice to go do it.
0: God answered my prayers. It was like
1: that. It was like that. And like, to my defense, I was in a really good mental place. And so I would have been a good, you know, partner for somebody at that time, I think. But uh, (laughs) I I decided not to. I decided not to do it. And, you know, we never did anything sexual, really. Um, Our clothes always stayed on. And um it was very instant, but it gave me the choice and I decided to stick with ordination and she understood. But uh that was that was in a sense, that was the beginning of of the the end of it because right. once I did that, I did it again. I knew I could do it again. Right. So I did right. Again, I did it again and it kept going a little bit further and further. Right. And basically, um at some point, I did let that stuff go, and I, then I went on my own personal solitary retreat. I moved to Florida, and I, um, I joined a center there, and I became a, a teacher, a resident teacher. And so I, I stopped doing anything like that, and I just kept myself uh, pure, you know? And the whole time I was practicing, but it was, it was just this battle with repression, with repressing this, in a sense, this natural urge to procreate, to have intimacy, yeah. right?
0: Yeah.
1: it was. It is a natural urge and I, I had been repressing it for a while. I had been yeah. not facing it and then when I started to face it, it became difficult to control because I had no ability, I had no practice controlling it. All I had ever done was push it away. Right. So it took, it took some practice to learn to be in that kind of situation and exhibit control at the same time. Right. And, I Was uh, with, without pushing it away, but you know, welcome it and still do the right thing, right? So it took, yeah, it took me some practice to do that, and um, yeah, eventually though, <laughs> I decided to to just to go in that direction mm-hmm. and to uh, to that I really wanted an intimate relationship.
0: Right, right. So it's of... very difficult. I, I mean, honestly it's so difficult for me to wrap my head around anything that would require a man or a woman to totally stop like something that is so basic and so necessary, you know, because let's face it. Um, even if you've if you've ever read the book Think and Grow Rich, you know, there's a whole chapter on sex and sexual energy. And how energy,
1: sexual energy.
0: Sexual, sexual energy. But,
1: but energy can be used for other purposes. That's and
0: true. That's true exactly. But but the actual feelings that like go along with it, it's very difficult for most people to separate it. But this is the thing. You can have a sexual relationship with someone but also direct that energy also in a really good way. Because a lot of people have sexual experiences with people and it's terrible and they're using it in a totally wrong way and it's destructive, mm-hmm. but there's a constructive way to do it where you actually are engaging and you're with someone, but it's, but it's a soul bond. It's a soul bond. It's a spiritual bond. It's not just, let me go out there and get my rocks off. You know, it's so deep. Right. And, and that's, that's really that's more
1: rare that's pretty rare. And it requires you to be, to have a sort of a higher level of of mental development, I think, to be able to approach it that way. And for a lot of people, you can't just turn that on. You can't be like, oh, well, I really want to go and have sex. So let me get my mind in a really good place so that it's not going to work that way. It has to be real, you know, it comes from deep work, you know? Exactly. I mean, you mentioned a couple of really good points, which is one, sexual energy is very powerful mm-hmm. and that we, we do need to sort of transmute it and use it in other ways. And that is the purpose behind celibacy, actually. When you're celibate, you kind of, it's like you, um, in a sense, you put a cork in it, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, and your energy stays in. Your energy yeah. stays in. And then you, you find yourself feeling blissful. Your mind is very lucid. You can yeah. focus really powerfully. That's yeah. the purpose. So, you can make a lot of spiritual progress, uh, or even people do it for work. I mean, right. there are some people, while they're still working on a creative project for business, they don't have sex right. because it lets it out, right? It, lets, it's, uh, it's, it ruins right. their creative process.
0: Even athletes, yes, absolutely.
1: Athletes, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So, uh, being able to withhold our, you know, keep inside our sexual energy is very important. And it, when you want to do this, it helps to understand what you said, which is that sex is not gonna make you happy. There are many people who are very unhappy with, with sex. Even when they willingly have sex with someone, it can be a bad experience, and at least a very ordinary, normal experience, right? And so there's certainly, you know, you can see that in the world, many people are having sex, and those same people, in many cases, are not that happy. So no, they're that, actually
0: miserable. <laughs>
1: miserable. So that proves that sex does not lead to happiness. Right. right? And some people have less sex and they're and they're more happy.
0: Right. And right. and as you said, you know, it takes a lot of training and spiritual connection to be able to really know how to use it the right way. And a lot of people just don't know, they don't have mm-hmm. that direction, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I I'll give an analogy for that. It's kind of like um, when you're over, trying to overcome anger. So the whole thing is like overcoming our negative emotions. If you can have sex without this, this, this desirous attachment, this sticky desire, this unrealistic expectations, then you'll be able to, to have a very intimate, connected bonding experience with someone. But if you, so you have to leave out that sticky desire. And in the case that I'll give you an analogy that's easier to understand with anger, you want to leave anger out of your relationships, right? Of course, that makes sense. And let's just say you have a confrontation at work or something, or confrontation with the person. Sometimes we have to leave the situation to get our mind in the right place, and then maybe we can come back with a clear mind and then address the situation and make it it right. With training, we can, in the moment, prevent anger, And stay engaged in the situation and make it right and be kind in the moment. But a lot of times for most people, they have to take themselves away from the situation, get their mind clear, remove the anger, then they can come back. It's the same thing, what you're saying with with sex. It's helpful sometimes to take some time off from it. Do the work, get your mind in a really good place, then come back, and now you're ready to actually engage in that action without, and you won't be bringing Uh, as many uh, negative states of mind into it
0: yeah it's exactly what I was thinking you know what you just said it really does help to remove yourself for a while and really get the right kind of spiritual um, fortitude I'm going to call it or whatever it is just to be able to really go back into it again with the right intentions, in the right way so that it is something really productive and beautiful rather than something that's going to drag you down because so many people have sex addictions and it's horrible you know they they don't know what to do because they have this horrible urge to do something it's and it is a horrible urge sometimes because they fight it they're fighting it and fighting it they don't know how to express it properly you
1: know? Interesting. yeah and I find that in myself it can look like I want sex but sometimes it's just like very simple I want intimacy I want I want a kind exchange with someone you know, I want a good feeling. So like there's lots of ways to get that stuff that isn't sex.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. And that is so true. But most people just think it's a sexual act and I've got to do it and I've got to do it to release and feel better. But yes, that's part of it. But what's leading up to it is really the key. And what's leading up to it is basically your connection to something much greater than yourself. You know, you're channeling something that's amazing. And it's not just a biological thing release it really is the life force and that is part of what we are you know yes
1: yes the life force and we should honor our life we should preserve we should take care of our life we should understand that it's precious and we shouldn't just go using it for for um inferior purposes right
0: yeah so how are you feeling today with all of your training and all of your knowledge and everything that you've got where are you now
1: well, I feel really great. Um, what, the last couple of years, so I'm not a monk anymore. And uh, my last year of being a monk, I was kind of separating from my community anyway. So I was the kind of in between. But um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been rough, you know, especially the beginning of this year. I, officially, I'm not a monk anymore starting in January of, of this year, 2019. And uh, it's, it's been really hard. But, when did
0: you actually stop? It was very early
1: January this year.
0: January, okay.
1: And, um, yeah, it was, um, it's extremely challenging. Uh, I was, I didn't, it's like losing my identity in a sense. Again, it was losing my identity. It was not having a spiritual community to, uh, to connect with. I had been, um, in a sense, dependent on my spiritual community for, for being able to practice, you know, for being able to, you know, volunteering with them was really a helpful source of energy for me. Right. Plugging in and, and receiving teachings is like so much easier when you do it in a group. Right. And I just didn't have that stuff. And also I was, I was a teacher. I was looked to as a, um, as a guide. And even when I wasn't a teacher, I was still taking that role many times of, of helping other people and having Having less people to to view me that way, to ask for help, to uh, to see something you know wonderful in me, that was hard too, because when someone sees something amazing in you, it helps to bring it out, right? And my community was always helping to bring out the best parts of me, and also I like I needed I needed so I needed to feel useful. I needed to feel like my life was meaningful, and I like I didn't have anyone. I didn't have very many people to talk to in any kind of meaningful way. And I would forget, you know, that that I have something special inside sometimes.
0: You know, everyone, every one of us has to feel significant. That's just part of our, you know, quest in life. We've got to feel significant.
1: Yeah, and the key, I believe the answer to that is be being of service to others. And I'll tell you that one of the turnarounds for me, it might sound really, really silly, but a friend told me like your life is really interesting you should start a youtube channel and so i started this youtube channel and it was called from woke to whack to woke and oh my God. <laughs> i show my journey of like lots of spiritual progress on this mountain falling down and now i'm not a monk anymore and then how do i build it back up right yeah. and um i thought it was an interesting premise i didn't really publish many episodes of it but i filmed a bunch And uh, it really, it really helped me to, when I just started talking to the camera, sharing what I was doing to, uh, to make my life good, what my struggles were, all that kind of stuff. It made me feel really useful.
0: Yeah. You You know, know you have to, you've got to, you've got to put that out there. You absolutely do. And I also know that right now you are very very useful people are starting to look to you so much more now because of what you can contribute because of your talents and you've got talents so right now you are in the middle of forming an amazing community with people that are looking up to you tell me about that
1: oh okay well yeah we're doing a really cool project and the i think the best part about this project is it's extremely selfless on my Mm -hmm. part there's no Mm -hmm. self-interest for me which is making which is why it's so easy to make it happen it's it's come so far in such a short period of time so the project is uh is for wellness uh providers wellness experts who want to have a business who who want to get more clients for their wellness business Mm -hmm. And instead of doing marketing for people individually which is something i was uh, playing around with and doing facebook ads and sales videos and stuff instead of that, we're just, we're all co-authoring an ebook together and we're creating a video membership site together. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we're going to be able to, to kind of pull clients off from there.
0: You know, and- I, you know, I have to tell you something, John, what you're doing is really, really important and very amazing because number one, what you were doing before is great, but honestly, you were just putting yourself in a position where you were trading you know, maybe dollars for hours, and there's not enough time in the day. But when you do what you're doing, which is what most really smart entrepreneurs are doing now, you know, is you are, number one, helping the masses. You're helping huge amounts of people, which makes it, number one, so much better for them, but so much better for you because you're helping more people with your gift that you've got. And you've got a talent, you've got a gift because of, number one, you know, from your own, sources of spirituality and coming into this with the with a really good heart and the way to do it properly that's number one the second thing is you're reaching a lot of people and more and more people that hear about it know about it are going to want to be a part of it if they're in that sphere of being an entrepreneur if you're a spiritual person um you know if you've got something really good to give to the planet this is not for people correct me if i'm wrong This is not for people who are destructive and doing things that aren't good. It's for people that want to go out into the world and really make a huge difference because the world needs it. Right.
1: Of course. Yeah. And I just happen to be able to attract the kind the right kind of people and to notice talent, like through my own spiritual practice, my, my, all my wellness practices and stuff, I can really see when people are doing that too. And that's how I, of course I noticed you and how great you are. Oh, you were one of the very first people I asked to be on this project. Yes,
0: I know. I know. I'm excited. And I yeah. want you to maybe give us a little sample right now of like a way to bring our awareness to a focused place where we can really start to feel our own greatness or just like maybe a minute of kind of like a, a connectivity that you sure. do really well.
1: One minute meditation or something?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, there's a really great meditation that I could guide, and I'll just make it into a one-minute practice, and if you have more time, just do it for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Is that, is now a good time to start?
0: Right now, absolutely. Okay. For one minute, I want to really feel my zen.
1: One minute, okay. Yeah. So, find a comfortable position, close your eyes, and just relax. We can start to notice our breathing. Whatever is on your mind and anything else that you'd like to let go of in your life, just breathe it away and imagine that you let it go. Breathe out everything that you want to be free of in your life. Imagine that it's gone forever. And we can breathe in everything we wish to have in our life. Everything we wish to be. Breathe it in. Imagine that now you have and you are all these things. Feel what it feels like to let go of everything you wish to be free of in your life. Feel what it's like to embody all the great qualities that you want to have. Make a decision to keep this state of mind with you during the day. Always keep it present, never let it go. And when we're ready, we can begin to relax our concentration and arise from meditation. With this beautiful experience, in
0: our heart. Well, oh, I'll tell you, just for one minute, it's amazing what one minute yeah. of focusing on your breath and your awareness of how powerful we really are as beings and listening to a guided meditation, um, it actually is so wonderful because it really does bring you to that place. I can feel surges of energy just right now in my body just from that and that was wonderful so John um, do you have a website in case anybody wants to find you
1: sure yeah um, I have an 11 day challenge 11 day spiritual challenge mm-hmm. that people can sign up for it's 11 uh, spiritual with the number 11 uh, spiritual steps okay. www.11 spiritual steps it's an 11 day challenge you can sign up for it and take the challenge. It's really great. I've had such great feedback from this challenge. And uh, basically you get lifetime access to it when you sign up.
0: And that's so, really easy. It's very easy to remember. Eleven one daychallenge.com.
1: Oh um, uh, no, eleven spiritual steps Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Kate. Okay. Oh, did I say um, it wrong? No, no, I probably got it wrong. So it's eleven eleven one one spiritual steps dot com.
1: That's right. It only takes 11 days to get into the spiritual groove. I love so it. So that's we all get into the spiritual groove together. I guide you in. And once you're in the spiritual groove, it's just so easy to stay there. Yeah. The it's just getting inside. That's exactly. what most people don't want to put in the work to do that. So we do it together. I walk you through. And now we're in. And I love it. we do it uh, to stay there for your life. So. I love it. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I am excited because I really feel like we got so much out of this. And it was really interesting to hear about your whole thing, and and I know there's a lot more, unfortunately we don't have time, but honestly, I am so um, much more enlightened about the whole thing. And even though you went through it, it was a beautiful thing and it was really important for you. And now you are serving in a whole different way because of the fact that you went through so many different things and you can give so much more to people. So thank you so much, John, for being a part of this interview. You're welcome. Thank you so much for
1: having me. I'd like to interview you now, if you will.
0: One of these days you will. We'll set okay. that up. I've okay, got some well. stories. Do you want to hear some stories? Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some stories to tell you. But anyway, all right. Well, everyone, I am going to conclude this interview. It was really great to have John on today. And um, remember, check back again because this show is called Ignite Your Value and I do a lot of interviews with people and I also do my own trainings. So come, come on back again. Make sure that you tune in. Uh, for a lot more in the future okay i'm going to end the meeting now so john thank you so much
1: thank you so much
0: all right bye everybody Bye. bye
1: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office